Hey, there he is. See, we hug. We we hug each other. We're huggers. I love you, man, more I than anything. You. Oh my God! Look at you. You look amazing. <laughs> you do. You know what I did? I stopped eating meat. What? I did. I stopped eating meat. There's something about a, a Belushi that doesn't eat meat that a doesn't Chicago seem... Boy a Chicago boy. Chicago boy. So what made you stop? <sighs> I couldn't eat another piece of meat. <laughs> Literally, with Rob Lowe. So my guest today is um, just somebody who is so like near and dear to my heart. I, I like when we see each other, like our, our our eyes fill up with tears. It's 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 very sappy. I'm I'm not going to deny it. We just hug on each other and love on each other. And he he is a, a guy that I worked with in one of my favorite movies that I ever did. One of the most successful movies that I ever did, and it a large portion of About Last Night's success is because of him, and it is Jim Belushi, um, who you know from About Last Night, who you know from SNL, who you know from his great movie work, Canine and Thief, and uh, just according to Jim, Blues Brothers, uh, we got a lot to talk about, a lot to catch up on, my dear friend for over 30 years, Jimmy Belushi. My cousin Chris, right? I have a farm up in Oregon. Yeah. And my cousin Chris has been there for a couple of years helping me with the farm, and he had 35 restaurants in Florida. So he was a chef, he was a cook, he was a restaurant owner, and so he cooks every night. Meat, 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 butter, 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 butter. And I'm like, Chris, Chris, give me a salad and a piece of fish. I can't eat another piece of meat. Did, did you Did you ever know, speaking of Chris's, did you know Farley at all? Did you ever have any? Yeah, I had a couple, couple times with him. Because I took Farley to dinner uh, the first day we did Tommy Boy to a steakhouse. And he ordered two, two. Yeah. Bone in fillets. Yeah. Yeah. And on each bite, each single bite, he put a square of butter on top of it. <laughs> and when I asked him what the fuck he was doing, he goes, it needs a hat. <laughs> I mean, oh, but, he lived it, man. He lived it. So, and do you feel different now that you're not doing it? Uh, yeah, I feel, uh, yeah, I have more endurance. I don't take naps during the day anymore. I, uh, I just feel better in general. My blood tests are like through the roof, you know, great cholesterol, great, you know. You and I are going in opposite directions. I'm napping now more than ever. Really? Yeah. No, I, I've, I've, I've leaned into, now I used to, I used to hate them and now I absolutely I'm the opposite, love them. man. I'm, I'm going to bed. I'm, I'm getting. Well, I'm not going to bed earlier, but I'm getting up earlier. I, I get energy all day. And God, I'm so jealous. I would love to 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 want to get up earlier. <laughs> I did, I'm telling you, it just happened in the last couple months. I mean, I've been an actor my whole life. You know, hi diddly d. It's the actor's life for me. Stay up all night, sleep all day. Hi diddly d. Right. You now you are quite. You're, what's the new business you're into? Okay. You got to tell me about this new business because oh, yeah, I'm man. very, I'm very excited. It's all those, um, 
See, that's the business. You're so busy business. that your phone. My, my agent, right there. Your agent. Yeah, one of them. You know, Never. Now they're all. It's like lawyers. You know, in the old days, you'd have one lawyer like Stanley Korshak, and you would take care of everything. Now you got a real estate lawyer. You got a litigation lawyer. You got. A... My dad laughs at that. He's he's been practicing law for fifty five years in Ohio, and he always laughs about in California that. Your lawyers have lawyers for each other. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. And agents, too. You got a lit agent. You got a TV agent. You got a reality agent. You but, gotta... By the way, pour me some of that vodka, would you? Oh, God. It's so clear in the morning, you know? Isn't it, isn't it just... clean? <laughs> but, okay, what's the, what are the pills we're taking here? And by the way, one of them just fell down your shirt onto the floor. <laughs> what's, what's happening? This is amazing to I watch. I forgot to take my little aspirin. We know mm, mm, baby you know. aspirin. You got are you owning that like human growth hormone or anything really cool? Oh no, that's cool. Have you done that? Well, maybe. What's it? Tell me about it. It's why my chin is so fucking big. <laughs> it's like it's like why my <laughs> be like Rob Lowe's jawline. You yeah, know, yeah, you took human growth oh. hormone since you were <laughs> yeah, fifteen. You'd yeah. be you'd have a jawline of a fucking Adonis as well. You look beautiful, Rob. Now, just as beautiful as the day I met you. It's just an industrial accident. <laughs> yeah. so when we did, we, so Jimmy and I, we we did about last night together, and and wait a I, minute, this guy made me a movie star. Hmm. All right, his he approved me to work with, and. My career's been different ever since. So, you know, there's that old saying, you know, uh, when you drink the water, remember the men who dug the well mm. or the women. And it's you and Jason Brett. Wow. Yeah. And John and Danny, of course, yeah. are Blues Brothers. But but you changed my career when when we went into that room and worked on that first monologue, remember? I remember vividly because we had... We had auditioned the, the producers because they worked with you and knew you from Chicago. Always wanted you. Right. The, the, it was just like Jimmy's the guy. He's the fucking. There's there's nobody who can do it. It's Jimmy, Jimmy, Jimmy. And and I remember the director Ed Zwick, who's gone on to other great, amazing movies as well, was like, "Yeah, that's great, but let's read everybody." I remember reading, um, uh, you know, uh, CSI Carrot Top guy. Come on now, um, we know who he is. Uh, Caruso? David Caruso. 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 Uh, Caruso. Do you know Caruso read for your part? No shit. Yeah, Caruso came in and um He would have been good. He would have been good. He was good, but he, good. he he came in the door starting the scene. I was like, oh, and I was shuffling my papers, trying to <laughs> trying to catch up with him. I'm like, oh, I guess we're going. No hellos, no nothing. And then finished the scene and walked out and slammed the door. And we're like, oh, okay. Well, good character choice, I guess. You but know. but you, my fine feathered friend. Ah, well. Well, you know the the real story behind that. Okay. So I did the play, and Jason and Stewart, Jason Brett, Stuart Oaken, who produced the play at the Apollo Theater in Chicago. And this is the uh, the sexual perversity in Chicago. David Mamet. Written by David Mamet, which later became our movie. Right. It was a 60-minute play. And I was, you know, I was kind of hot at Paramount at the time. I did a series, and they wanted me for another series, and and I kept saying to my manager, I want to be in movies. And so my manager talked to Don Simpson, who was the great head, head of Paramount. Yep. And they wanted me for the series. And But Jim wants to do something in a movie. And so uh, whatever happened, Don Simpson came and saw the play to have drinks with me after. Just to kind of sweet talk me, right, for the series. And he saw the play and he goes, Wow. That was really good. You're really good on that. Well, thanks, Don. He goes, you know, you, sh- you guys should uh, 
write a screenplay on that. That was really good. Oh, thanks. And then we talked about the series, blah, blah, blah. And and Stuart and Jason said, how did it go? How did it go? Hey, yeah. He said, we should write a screenplay on it. Like within two days, they raised $115,000, hired Denise DeClue and Tim Gazerinsky and started writing the script. But what about David Mamet? Where does he, because he wrote David Mamet sold his rights to a guy named Da Silva in 75 for 10 grand. No. Yeah. So this guy, Da Silva, who's on the credits. Right. He got 500,000 bucks as executive producer. So David never. He was pissed the whole time. He has to have been. I, I actually asked me to do a play recently. I'm a huge Mammoth fan. Oh, it? he's terrific. He's the, Easy. He's the Wonderful. best. And I love his philosophy on acting. It's, it's great. Um, and he was he was like, yeah, he was pissed about it last night. He never made, never made any money. Ever. No, no, he got 10 grand. You know, it was like Bo Diddley sold his little, his little riff in like 1963 for 10 grand. You know, um, it, you, you sell, you sell, you know. You sell, you sell. Um, but anyway, what happened was he, they got the script, right? right they wrote yeah. the script, and they said, we sent it to Simpson. I said, sure. I said, Don, remember you said casually have a script written? Well, uh, we got a script. You want to see it? Sure. Sent them the script. Now, a few weeks later, I get a call from my brother, John. Hey, Jimmy. Hey, John, what's up? Uh, listen, uh, Don Simpson sent uh, Danny and I a script called Sexual Perversity in Chicago. I know you did the play, and uh, Simpson wants us to do it. What? <laughs> That's what I said. Wait, what? Wait, what? What? You mean to tell me Dan Aykroyd and John and, you're, and John Belushi were going to play the original duo? Yes. I, this is the first time hearing you this. you never heard this story? No, I've never heard this. <laughs> so I'm on the phone, and I'm going like, um, I'm like, John, don't do it. So what do you mean? I said, don't do it. That's my, that's my character. I mean, I developed that in rehearsal. I played it on stage. I know this character inside. This, this is my guy. Jimmy, you don't understand how show business works. I said, I don't care how show business works, John. This is bullshit. I can't lift the cheeseburger. I can't lift the sword. I can't do Marlon Brando. I can't do shit because you've eaten up the whole wheelhouse of Belushi kind of imitations. So this is mine. I homegrown that character. It's mine. Don't do it. Jimmy, Hollywood are heat-seeking missiles. They'll never make the movie with you. If I don't do it, they'll give it to Bill Murray. Wouldn't you rather have someone in your family do it than Bill Murray? No, I don't give a shit. Don't do it. Fuck you. You don't know show business. Hang up. Don't hear anything. Don't hear anything. Don't hear anything. All of a sudden, the script is in turnaround. Which means they're not going to make it. They're not going to make it. Right. And it probably went to Bill Murray. And I think John said, leave it for Jimmy. Right, I, I don't have that confirmed, but I have a sneaking suspicion that John kind of like, you know, the asshole. He's always talking about, leave it for him, leave it for him. So then I went in the turnaround, and then Jason, you know, he went for six years trying to sell, then finally packaged it with you and TriStar, and, and that was... I had no... And then I had to go through an audition on top that's, of well, it. Had I known that, yeah. honestly, I had no... I mean, I knew you created... The part on stage. Right. I had no idea that, that all of this. Had yeah, gone on. I should have gotten a 
producing credit, Jason. No, it's, it's, un, that is just beyond. Well, <laughs> did you ever read the the sequels? They, they wanted to do sequels. Yeah, yeah, I was involved with those. Yeah, I wanted yeah. to do those. Did you ever see the one, the new version of About Last Night that came out two years ago or I, whatever? I watched about 10 minutes of it, 15 minutes. They changed quite a bit of it, didn't they? Yeah. Yeah. Kevin Hart's the new you. Yeah, yeah. But they made him more of the star and they kind of rewrote it and, you know. Um, when you were talking about about this, you said do you, did, you said that John had eaten all of the Belushi impersonation. Was was that a household? Like, did you guys grow up going, ah, cheaper, good, cheaper, or no, samurai? No, 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 no. He just ripped everything off. No, no. He didn't rip a thing off from me. He created everything. Did he I was t- quite brilliant. Did I tell you I met him? Did I ever tell you the story about no, meeting John? No. Ever? No. I can't believe I never did this. Yeah, so um, I, what, my brother Chad and I are huge sports fans. And we went to the Dodgers-Yankees World Series. Um, that would have been what, 77, I want to say. Yeah. 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 Probably. And, um, he's wearing my, my brother, Chad is little tiny little boy and he's wearing a Yankees hat and the Dodgers fans are hassling him and a guy comes up to him and saves him and they start talking and the guy it turns out the guy is a puppeteer for the Muppets. So at that point it's, and they're making the Muppet movie. So we go to the set to visit him and we see Kermit the Frog and everybody's singing, uh, you know, what's the Rainbow Connection. Rainbow Connection. Right. Um, which they played at Bernie Brillstein's funeral. Yes, they did. Um, and who represented John. And so then he invites us to see Kermit host the Tonight Show. <laughs> <laughs> so Kermit the Frog is hosting the Tonight Show. And Afterwards, I go backstage and everybody's there and I look across the room and there's John. Huh. And, you know, I'm, I grew up on Saturday Night Live. It's like, I mean, you know, it's in that. It's still I'm, hot right then in the 77. Oh, this is that it. This like is blue. Year. That was the peak. The peak. It's Blues Brothers. It's the, it's yeah. the peak for John. Yeah. And I, and I'm probably 12. Yeah. Right. <laughs> And I'm looking at him and looking at him and I, I was I was always really ballsy. And John gave off a vibe like don't fuck with me vibe. Like like Yeah, it, there's a great quote about him that says, you know, he always shows you his asshole first. And if you can take the smell, he'll turn around. Oh yeah, my great. god. So he really put off this air like don't fuck with me. And if and if you can handle his attitude, he'd turn around and, and he was like the warmest, nicest connective person who well he's putting he's showing everybody his asshole right right and i was always a really ballsy kid with a lot of hoods oh, so he liked that and so i walked across the room but first of all he was staring at me huh. he, he was he was he was he was definitely clocking me the whole bit right i don't know but but like with like not like a welcome but just like a clocking me so i walk over to him as he's staring at me right and i put up my hand and I say, Mr. Belushi, I, I'm, a, I'm a big fan of yours, and I want to be an actor someday. And he looked at me. He looked me up and down. It seemed like it took for fucking ever. Right. And then he put his hands on my shoulders and said, stay out of the clubs. <laughs> stay out of the clubs? And walked away. Yeah. That was- that, that was your advice? That was my advice. Stay out of the club. If only I had listened. Yeah, right. <laughs> Bill Murray gave me- a, advice one time he 
I was at Second City, and Bruce and Nancy were getting married, and, and we took I took the night off to go to the wedding, and they were Second City people. And Nancy's sister was Bill Murray's girlfriend for a long, long, long time, and later wife, actually. And I went upstairs with him to his room, you know, to do a little business. To his room in quotes. Yeah, in quotes. Yeah. And up the stairs. And, uh, and he saw me. I was just staring at him, you know, like, wow. You know, you're a star, and, you know, one day I want to be an actor. You know, I didn't say any of that, but it read in my eyes because he stared back at me, and he said, don't be in a hurry. Wow. I said, what? He goes, don't be in a hurry. Learn all your character work right now. Do all the work you can right now because when you become Jim Belushi, you'll have to deliver Jim Belushi each time. I went, okay. And he goes, another thing. You know us at Second City, you know, we get paid nothing. And you're lean and hungry. But when you go to L.A. and Hollywood, they have this thing called craft service. Stay away from the craft service. <laughs> <laughs> and I, I said, like you just said, I wish I would have listened Listen to, to it. That. Uh, it free food he said jimmy free food all the time be careful i uh i i i live next to like near don johnson oh yeah like, he's cool he's i like the, don don's a fuck oh he's, yeah he's, he's, don, don, he's don, don johnson Come yeah on. he's cool too he's just a cool dude. so we were watching some it might have been like i want to say it was like the nfc championship game or whatever and we had you know you know nachos and you know football food and i and i Offered him a plate of nachos. I'll never forget. It's like the story you just told. And he looked at the nachos and he looked at me. He said, no, no, man, you can't eat that. That's character actor food. <laughs> character actor. I, I, it's, it's ruined every, every piece of good. <laughs> so That's ruining my lunch coming up. That's for sure. And we'll be right back after this. Gotta tell me about pirates in the Penzance. No, better far to live and die under the brave black flag I fly. Wow, Jesus Christ. For I am a pirate king. Jesus. Yeah, Broadway, man. Dude, you got the pipes still. <laughs> well, I, didn't, I don't think they had, we didn't have mics on See, that's face a, okay. Back then. Okay, thank you. Can we just, okay. We thank had you. mics on the floor. Yeah, the but, but, but the, down, but but the mics this. on the, listen, the mics on the floor are, are literally so, you know, you can hear it on the fucking yeah. backstage thing and know your cues. It's such bullshit. Yeah. This this miking thing. It's Although it does bullshit. save your voice, well, uh, I tell you, eight shows a week, year. man. I was I did it for a year. Pirates and Penzance, eight was, shows a week. We couldn't go into bars or restaurants and had ambient sound. I mean, it was just couldn't smoke. Couldn't smoke. Couldn't. I mean, you got to get your sleep. You do eight shows a week. That's all you can do. That's all you can do. Yeah. I did um, a few good men, big, long, big, big, big. It's it's Caffey with Aaron Sorkin and, and the West End, and it's all you can do. You do eight shows of that. That's then, it. You and sleep I, in. And I trained for that with my voice. Never missed a show like I was a singer. So I trained as if it were going to be a musical. Yes, um, absolutely. But so 
That and who Linda Ronstadt was your leading lady? Oh uh, no, I replaced. Okay, who is so, who is in your? Uh, uh, Peyton, Carolyn Peyton was the girl. The girl I played with, yeah. That's a, and Peter Noon, of course, my, yeah. another one of my neighbors. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Her, Herman's Hermit, sort of. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, another one of my neighbors. Now on the West Wing, my character Sam Seaborn was the uh, the head of the Princeton Gilbert and Sullivan Society. Oh. <laughs> So I played a character that was obsessed with everything. That was Gilbert so, Sullivan. Yeah, That's so, funny. So it, it, it is surely to his credit. Is that in? Uh, surely to his credit. If I had been so lucky, it's not about sending mother who could give to me to. That, I can't remember it. And and then the other ones. He I, is he is an Englishman. Is that? Uh, he is he, an Englishman. No, no. The, in pirates, what we did was. Well, that was it. Can I just get the, the general? That was not terrible, right? What I just did. It was, it was a little flat at the end, but oh, otherwise, right. <laughs> <laughs> a little pitchy at the end. A little, there, pi- right? a little pitchy. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm in a band, you know. I've been singing for 25 years with Danny Aykroyd doing the Blues Brothers. You What's know? your favorite blues bro- Not not blues song. What's your favorite Blues Brothers song? Oh God, there's so many of them. John and Danny were so. Oh good. my God, there was one written by uh, Curtis Salgato. Uh, out of Portland, who was actually the guy who really made John uh, a blues man. When John was doing Animal House, he hung out with Curtis up in uh, Eugene. And he, Curtis turned him on to this song, uh, Willie Maybond's song, uh, Hey Bartender. Oh, yeah. Hey Bartender. Yeah. But got the, one, he, got two, got three, three four, four glasses, glasses of beer. beer. Yeah. But there's one called uh, At the Bottom. Uh uh, uh, ooh, boys, I'm Hollywood bound at the bottom. Is that uh, on the Blues Brothers record? Uh, uh, yeah. I don't remember that one. She comes from the east. She goes to the west. Mom about my baby. Something, something, she's the best. Did you ever the see bottom. them when they played the amphitheater? Yes. That, that, that I was legendary. next to Joe Cocker. That's no. how full that crowd was. So in what, 78? Nine, maybe. Blues Brothers play the Universal Amphitheater. So it was, was it 78? It was as big as it, it was. There's nothing today that would compare. No, no. They opened for Steve Martin, who was so brilliant that night. Steve was very generous bringing them on the road with him. Uh, he was very good to them. But um, I was sitting next to Joe Cocker and about three. Joe's not a talkative guy. It's not like we were chit chatting. <laughs> uh, and I was a kid. What did I know? And uh, he turned to me and goes, Oh, they're taking it seriously. <laughs> so I'm friends with Stephen Stills, right? And I told him that story. And he goes, Yeah, man. We were all nervous. I mean, these guys are Saturday Night Live guys. And they make fun of us. And it's like, don't, don't cock block the way we make a living, buddy. And they were really scared that this Blues Brothers thing was going to make fun of them, like Lemmings did many years ago. And so when that show came out at the Universal Amphitheater, all these guys saw it, and they went, oh, okay, they're committed. They're serious about this Blues. Well, also the bandits, the backup band oh, itself. Yeah, come on, Duck Dunn. Ridiculous. Steve yeah, Cropper. Cropper. Yeah. I mean... And how, I, and how did it start? Because I'm, it they were they did it on SNL as a bit. Is well, that right? Yeah, I, listen, I wasn't there, so I only know the stories. You know, 
But Danny tells the story that they that they were in Toronto and Howard Shore. He said you guys should do a blues thing together because Danny was always trying to turn John onto the blues. Right. You know, John was all about the Dead Kennedys and really loud music. You know, and Howard Shore said you should do something an act together called the Blues Brothers. Blah blah blah. So I think that's kind of how it started. And then, but the first time they ever did it publicly, publicly, the first time they did it was at the Lone Star uh, in New York City on Fifth Avenue and Ninth Street with Willie Nelson. Jesus, Willie Nelson invited them up on stage as the Blues Brothers, and they did a song. I think it was um, "Hey Bartender." So the the cool thing about that is. Because it was done publicly outside of Saturday Night Live, when they brought it to Saturday Night Live, they started doing the warm-up oh, for the show. Jesus. And then Lauren said, this is my understanding, so it could be wrong, but Lauren said, I'd like you to do it on the show. This is Lauren Michaels. Yeah. Lauren Michaels. Yeah. yeah. And jo- I'd like and you to jo- do it on the show. Yeah, John said, okay, but... You have to bill us as a musical act and pay us as a musical act. And so when they were introduced, they were the musical act for that week. That's as I remember it. Right. That's why I remember it being. And so what? Ha- what what's here's the killer of the whole thing. John and Danny owned those characters. Right. Had they done it first on SNL, they wouldn't have. Right. If they wrote it for us. That's what people forget is all of the, the SNL characters that you see as they live on in movies or other things. It's owned by SNL. Yeah. NBC and Lauren. Right. But Lauren's very cool. I mean, he's very generous. Oh, yeah. Well, yeah. You ask him for something, you know. But that's, that is, uh, that is just amazing. Yeah. Yeah. What's the one where Danny does the, like he's talking in tongue? Like he's talking rubber in tongue. Biscuit. The rubber biscuit's insane. Yeah. Yeah. He it's does that in our show. He does it's it in like our talk, show. It's like speaking in tongues. Yeah. He does it in our show. We just did. People just die. They yeah, must lose their minds. Five thousand people two weeks ago up in Canada. I mean, and he goes, "Ah, oh, biscuit, ah, bum bum, hey, but a little little, what do you want for nothing? Biscuits, bow bow boo." Danny was my idol. He is an idol. I did this day. He had a sketch called Bassomatic. Do you remember that? That was sketch? the one, yeah. Right? So it's, it's. He did it on the anniversary show. Well, better than that, I did it in my eighth grade talent show <laughs> and won. Uh, I bet you won. I did. <laughs> I did. I had a I had a fish. I threw it in there. How many times has this happened to you? <laughs> yeah. You have a bass. By the way, where you're from, they were probably fishing and they probably thought it was a very good thing. They would have bought it. Yeah. Where I'm from. Yeah. You're from what part of Chicago again? Uh, west side of Chicago, and then we moved to uh, the suburbs, and then I moved back to Old Town. Well, tell me a little bit, like, according to according to Jim as Ledger. I'm actually surprised according to Jim isn't back in some way, shape, or form. It was like, it's the perfect Yeah, it's moment. a nice family show. It's very funny. And, you know, I, I get so obsessed with the things I do. I never see the humor in, in, until I get removed for a couple of years. Right, you yeah. Know? Sure. And now I see it every once in a while, and God damn, it was a fun It's the show. perfect show for you. Oh, we had a ball on that. Larry Joe Campbell, he's like my favorite, favorite, favorite man. He's so funny. And Courtney and Kimberly. and Oh, man, we had a ball. 
a ball, natural ball. He, um, you're like, because television, you know, a lot of times dads and 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 the, the leading guys are like these beta, like they're the idiots that can't figure anything out. Well, you know, right. that and was the like, start of the pilot, and it was a, it was a challenge with the writers because the classic situation in those kind of comedies is the husband screws up, the wife finds out, the husband says, I'm sorry. And it's like, you know, Jackie Gleason, you know, oh, baby, you're the greatest, right? Right. And that was fine in the 50s, you know. But, you know, what happened here was the women became bitches and the men became idiots. Right. And that formula worked, by the way, in sitcoms. But I was, my point to them was, why does this guy, you'll appreciate this, at the end of the pilot, I screwed up, and they had this whole scene where I apologized to her. And I said, why do I have to apologize? Well, you did something wrong, didn't you? I said, he didn't think he was doing anything wrong. What he was doing was trying to help his daughter. And he just didn't tell his wife, you know, uh, but he's a parent. And who some of who he is as a man he did the right thing. So why does he have to apologize to her? Can you write a scene between a wife and a husband where nobody has to apologize, but they resolve it? Mm. Let's show the audience how, let's teach the audience how to resolve problems. That's awesome, yeah. And I got a little kickback on it, but then they wrote the scene that became very charming. And so what I did was she's in bed, really pissed, won't speak to me. And I come in, I know she's mad, so now I'm trying to charm her a little bit. Now I'm trying to goof around a little bit. She's not moving, she's not moving, she's not moving. I pull my stomach out and do wipe out on the stomach. <laughs> oh! She laughs just a little bit. Boom! I just dive right into bed next to her. Right? Because I got her to laugh. You get a girl to laugh during a fight, it's over. I mean, that's what one of the most <laughs> successful things about marriages is a sense of humor, right? Yeah, for sure. Do you remember the line? Don't ever lose your sense Don't of humor. ever. Ever lose it's your sense of humor. So at that point, it became a really nice scene where you can see this relationship. And at that point, once she laughed, I laid down next to her. And we actually discussed the problem. And I was literally saying it was the best I could do. And she goes, oh, I love you. I didn't say I'm sorry. So you got 182 episodes where I never say the word I'm sorry. Wow. So it forced the relationship to be a mature, or immature, but mature relationship and solving problems without one person being wrong or the other person being wrong, just being different. And the same with her. I'm Right. 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 Hold that thought. We'll be right back. Um, you, I don't know why. Oh, when you said uh, never lose your sense of humor, uh, reminded me back to about last night. Do you remember the bit you kept trying to get into the movie that you would do? You had a bit you would do. We, the scene would be over. And then you would start the bit hoping that the, because it was on film, 
that maybe they change their mind and use it because they told you over and over it's not going to be in the movie. Do you remember? Do you remember this? Uh, well, I only remember it because I do that in every scene and every movie I'm ever in. Do you? You find something additional you <laughs> always want in? add. Always add. Always add that last beat, and I'm going to tell you seven out of ten times they keep it. Really? I did. I did Red Heat, right? Yeah. And I wait. A, is that Arnold? Arnold. Uh. I run up the stairs. There's, there's a dude that comes running down, bald dude, and I put my gun up to his head, and the line that was written is, um, don't get nervous, I'm a professional. Right. Okay, cut. I'm wearing these stairs, and camera's way back there, long lens, Walter, a long lens shot. Two takes, three takes, and I say, Walter, I got this idea for a line at the end of this, and I tell him the line, and he just stares at me. And I will, can I try? And he goes, well, all right, well, the cameras are still up. All right, get out of your system. I run upstairs, put my gun to the head, this guy, and I give them their line. Their line is, you know, don't worry, I'm a professional. And I look at him, I go, you know, you look a lot like Hagler. <laughs> I lost money on Hagler. <laughs> okay. Come down, Walter goes, Okay, you feel better now you got out of your system? Just totally humiliating me. Right. Yeah. yeah, Walter, thanks a lot. Thanks a lot. Two days later, he comes. He goes, hey, you know, I saw that uh, that Hagler line. And Daly's, you know, it was pretty funny. It was okay. It was okay. Great. Cut to, it's in every trailer I was gonna say, of the movie. <laughs> every trailer. One take, one little ad lib. So you never, I mean, Salvador, we had lived about last night. Look at that one little scene we did, Dan, Dan, Dan. Who said it first? I mean, oh, yeah. kind did of you a... tell her? Did you tell her you love her, Dan? Yeah. Well, I don't know. Oh, Dan. <laughs> Say before you came. Or no, that's the one. That yeah. was the bit that's not in the movie. It is in the movie. No, it is not. Not before you came or after you came. I promise will, you, it's I not. Will, I will. I will put so the twenty dollars. <laughs> the bit. The bit, Jim. Okay, we got a bet going. We we got to try to find Fast this out while you serve. this to the elevator scene. Who said it first? I did. Oh, Dan, 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 Dan. Was it before he came or after? <laughs> that was it. That is. You're right. I owe you twenty dollars. <laughs> Oh man! Um, we have a thing in, in the show we do where I, I ask the uh, the quest, quest. Remember in Vanity Fair they used to have the Proust questionnaire, the back page. It was like, "What is your finest extravagance?" And no, I've been reading to- Mad Magazine at the back. They'd say, "Who you know, who are you gonna rob tonight?" You know? Do they have the Mad Magazine <laughs> no, version? I hated it. Okay. <laughs> we're gonna we're gonna do our our version. Um, okay. Yeah. So this is the the. Uh, the the Proust questionnaire slash the lowdown. By the way, it might be the my least favorite pun on my name ever. I, oh, the lowdown. It's oh. so lazy. It's such low. Excuse me. Well, low. why don't we do my version of it's the bullshit. 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 Do you have like when they're when they write articles about you? Is there a headline that they always do? It's hard to do a play on the name Belushi. But on but I've seen the lowdown. I it's like really. There's been seven hundred fucking articles. Really. And so you know what? I'm I'm taking it back. Take it back and embrace it. Own it. A word can't hurt you anymore when you own it. That's right. Right. That's what they tell me. You know, so um, 
I now uh, I'm I'm taking back the lowdown for myself. Okay, what's so, the lowdown? So the lowdown is first of all, Rolling Stones or Beatles? Oh, uh, Rolling Stones. Rolling Stones. Why? Well, I think the Beatles were brilliant, and I think John Lennon was the genius of all time, and George Harrison too. But the 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 edginess and the rock of the Stones, I dig. It's right, more uplifting. It's more performance oriented. I like it. I like that. It's that's that's a Sophie's choice for me, for for, for sure. <laughs> yeah. Right. All right. Okay. Uh, what's the worst review you've ever gotten? Oh God, I remember mine. See, you. you I'm, cl- I'm so you, many of them. I'm you clearly, to- <laughs> you clearly haven't gotten many of them <laughs> because I remember them like they're yesterday, and and usually they are from yesterday. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Lots I remember one that hurt me was when Danny and I did a a new album. We played in a club, and some guy said it was like karaoke blues. Now it would I, do it. Yeah, that was that was pretty. My strange. my favorite was I, I I was on a. This is in the days when you had to do an actual press tour. Yeah, yeah. Like you didn't just sit and have the media. You like went around the country schlepping, and you yeah. Do, Two days in Chicago, two days in Boston, two days in Austin, two days in Dallas, two days in San Francisco, and talk about your movie on the local shows and all that. Yeah, yeah. And it was me and Andrew McCarthy, and we were on tour for a movie we did called Class. Yeah, yeah. good movie. That was fun. It's a fun little movie. And um, and I remembered that I knew the reviews were going to come out, and I was in the airport, and I ran to the newsstand to get Newsweek. This is back when all those magazines were really a big deal. And I went to see, I wasn't sure if it was in this issue of Newsweek or the upcoming issue or if I'd missed it. So I go to the table of contents and it says, movies reviewed. There it is. Class. It says, class, a vile concoction. Page 28. Vile concoction. A vile concoction. And then when I, when I. You're beating me already. And then man. when I, I opened. I never got the word vile. And then when I opened it. It it had the first usage of a word I've come to embrace and love, debacle. <laughs> Jeez. Yeah. <laughs> oh my god. Yeah, I, I remember that one. All right, let's see. Um I got some other good ones I wanted to ask you here. Oh. What's your favorite workout? Boxing. Boxing? Mm-hmm. You wear headgear? You must headgear, right? No, I do I do pad work and mm-hmm. uh, uh speed bag. Speed bag and uh, Big bag. Have you done like the Peloton or anything like that? Mm-mm. Do you know what the Peloton is? Uh-uh-uh. It's, so it's that bike with the screen on it that you can. Oh yeah, I saw commercials for that. No, I don't do. Oh, that. it's got the famous commercial they got in trouble for. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, it's a beautiful looking machine. Though. It's. I'm obsessed with it. Yeah, it's a. It's quite a machine. I'm, I'm obsessed with the Peloton. I, I, I get on and I like you know bike bicycle through. Yeah, Machu I, I have one of those bikes, but it's not that one. I, I'll do the pyramids, Machu Picchu. <laughs> Machu Picchu, you know, man, listen, that's a walk. Listen to that thing. Um, Kobe or MJ? I'm a Chicago boy, so MJ. Yeah, MJ I think MJ. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, did you ever meet MJ? You must oh, have. yeah. I saw him at the end of the first championship game at the Forum. Really? Yes. It was 11 rows up, and there was Dustin Hoffman, Spike. Everybody was sitting around. Warren Beatty, Nicholson, everybody was there on the floor. And I'm like 11 rows up. And they won. And the floor was empty, except for me and Kid in Play. <laughs> and we were jumping up and down on the floor because everyone else lost was Chicago 1 in L.A., right? 
And I just belushied my way into the dressing room, right? You belushied your way I in? I belushied my way in. It's a verb at times. So <laughs> At times. Uh, and so, I, but it was so crowded, I couldn't breathe. And I, I kind of pushed up against the door and it was into the bathroom in the locker room. Mm-hmm. And I was catching my breath and I turned and Michael and his father were walking out toward the crowd. I know. sat behind his father at that game. Okay. Right behind him, yeah. And it was just me and Michael and his father. And he recognized me. I forget that people recognize me, right? And he goes, Belushi! And he put his arm around me and gave me a little knuckle in the head, right? And he goes, I bet they're going crazy in Chicago. And I went, yeah, Michael, let's go. And he like pulled me into the crowd. It was like the oh greatest God. moment. Yeah. That's so Because all the amazing. championships after that, that locker room was empty. Yeah. It was just a team. And it was, But this was the real championship, the first one. Oh, yeah, he was yeah. just, there was nothing like watching Michael. Yeah, he was super cool. He was, it was like, it was like, I don't even know how to put it. I, I tried to describe it to people. It was like watching um, Michael Jackson at his at his yeah. peak, where they had yeah. an aura. They moved this. It was like it was like not watching. I think it's unfair to compare Jordan to other athletes because he tra- he transcended. Yeah, that he did. In person, I um I, I and by the way, we didn't really in Chicago really didn't have ownership of him. He really, was everybody's player. You know what I mean? He was beyond. Like a Chicago Bull, he was just like the greatest. He was the world's. Yeah, he um is I, still. I mean, you know. I uh, was Magic Johnson used to have a a really big char- uh, charity game for his charity every summer in L.A. and everyone showed because it was he's Magic and when Magic was magic, yeah. so everybody showed. Didn't matter who you were, you showed and you played. And I coached one year, and uh, I had on my I had Michael Magic. Um, Mark Jackson, um, Clyde Drexler. What? It was it was insane. I think the final score honestly was like two hundred and forty <laughs> to to two hundred and thirty. Thirty was insane. But I'll but, but what I'll never forget is we're winding down, and I always wanted to do the twenty second timeout because I thought it was a cool yeah right right because like yeah it's, it's just a cool thing to touch your shoulders like that and um and, I'm, and i had my hair slicked back like pat riley yeah 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 and i was yeah, in a yeah, suit cool. yeah yeah and i figured you know it's the, the end of the game i gotta do something right. so i called the 20 second timeout and um and they i remember our team was down by like four points and everybody was laughing and joking and having fun it was all at the end and michael was deadly serious and michael looks at magic and magic like like laughing and talking oh to no him. and he, he's competitive and he literally goes hey hey you want to fucking win this thing? And Magic, like, Magic, like, w- w- what? Man, literally didn't even know what he was talking about. <laughs> oh no, no, my And then, God. and then it slowly dawned on him. And then everybody got really like, 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 got their shit together, and they went on and and uh, like went on a run. But I also, it was the first time Michael ever shot a free throw with his eyes closed. Oh, <laughs> it was during that game, and then he, of course, debuted it about two weeks later in the NBA. That was we couldn't believe it. Well, I did this thing called the Hollywood, um, the Home Run Derby at the All-Star Game. Mm. And it was the Hollywood, Halls, you know, they had celebrity celebrity All-Star thing. Yeah. And um, it, it Wrigley or? No, Whiskey at or? Camden Yards. Ooh, okay. And uh, on the team was me, Flo Joe, Tom Selleck, Patrick Ewing, Bill Murray. Jesus. Michael Jordan. What? 
uh, yeah, and me. Right. Amazing. And so, you know, we had practice and pitching. And so, <laughs> I'm, you know, I'm not a baseball player, you know. But the, so they're warming. I got Billy Williams coaching me. Amazing. I'm like, oh, Billy Williams, give me some coaching. He goes, don't try to kill it. I said, that's it, Billy? That's it. <laughs> So now the guy's pitching like 40-mile-an-hour balls, right? And Jordan goes, let me pitch a few to Belushi. Oh, boy. I was like, cool. this This can't end well. He, his eyes changed. I mean, he bent down and he was looking. He whipped that ball like next to my nose, like trying to back me off the plate. I'm, Michael! Michael, this is for charity. <laughs> what are you doing? And he just focused in, and I was like, Michael, Michael, don't hit me with that ball. Oh, then we played tanks. Remember that old tank uh, animated game? Oh, yeah, of course. Yeah. Uh, we were in the locker room. I was playing tanks. Oh, oh my God, he is, doesn't matter. If it's a game, he is 100% in. Yeah, I, I played beach volleyball with Riley. During that time, and, and it was just Sunday morning on the beach, Malibu. That ball's out. <laughs> really? Really, Pat? It was out. Was like, oh, okay. Yeah. The, the, I mean, the real, the great ones, they can't, I don't think no. they can turn it off. No, no, can't turn it off. They can't turn it off. But he was a, he was a gentleman always to me. Yeah. The, just the, the absolute, absolute greatest. Um, this has been so fun. Hey, man, I would just want to say, you know, to you, just on a side note here, you know, I've been watching everything you do. And you are really, really, as good as I thought you were when we worked together. I thought you were a great actor back then. And you've just proved it over and over to me. There's some character work that you've done on some shows. And I was going, God damn it, Rob, you nailed it. (laughs) I so enjoy the bold choices you make, man, and just committed. And I just love watching you as an actor and also as a friend, but... I, I got to say this on your show. I, I think you're terrific. I th- always thought you were terrific, and I'm glad you proved me right because oh. I thought you went right. When I did that one scene with you, I was like, this motherfucker can act. I like him. Oh, well, Jimmy, I, I, I you know I love you. Yeah, and, I know. And Thanks. I mean, I it's you. it's like we could just sit and, like, love on each other oh, all day long. Oh, I could do long. it for another two hours. I man. mean, <laughs> it's it's so great. I, I you know, about last night, it like, you know, I had a – obviously a movie career, but that one of all the movies I've done in the eighties and people talk about the Brat Pack and things like that to the one I always want people to see is about last night. Yeah. It's, that's the I mean, uh, there, the same, like if you had that questionnaire, you said, what's your favorite movie? I go about last night. It stands up. Yeah, it's, it's it stands great. up now. And if, 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 if love, commitment, relationships, it's romance. It's, it's very sophisticated. Yeah. It's really fucking funny. Yeah. And it's, and you will cry your goddamn eyes yeah, out. Yeah. And it all goes back to Mammoth. I mean, he's, Brilliant, brilliant man. Yeah. Now maybe people will go and watch it. Yeah. Wherever yeah. it would find today. Um, anyway, I love you, man. Um, I love you best. too, man. Thank best. you for having me. God bless you. So fun. Okay, I'll take my twenty dollars back, motherfucker. Yeah, 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 yeah. In fact, you do owe him twenty dollars. Yes, I do. Hey, Sarah, I owe twenty dollars. Hey, gonna pull out twenty dollars. <laughs> I know I'm gonna hold that. Why don't you not? <laughs> Oh my God, how fun was that? I, I knew we would have fun together, but I, I that's, I mean, I'm going to wake up in the middle of the night thinking about the phrase. The thing about John is he would show you his asshole first. And if you could stand the smell, then he would turn around 
and give you his heart. I mean, I don't know what else to say. That's that's really all I want to leave you with today. Let that one simmer. Let that one simmer. See you next week. You have been listening to Literally with Rob Lowe. Produced by Devin Tory Bryant and Delina Turman. Engineered by me, Devin Tory Bryant. Executive produced by Rob Lowe for Low Profile. Adam Sachs and Jeff Ross at Team Coco. And Colin Anderson and Chris Bannon at Stitcher. The supervising producer is Aaron Blaird. Talent producer, Jennifer Sampas. Please rate and review this show on Apple Podcasts. And remember to subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcasts. This has been a Team Coco production in association with Stitcher. Stitcher.